the NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. Welcome into the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson. Joined tonight, as I will be the rest of the season, probably a mix and match a few things, but Jerry Gertz uh, with me tonight, founder and CEO of Curling Zone, my esteemed colleague, and um, you know, as we will have more this season. One thing I can promise all our listeners right here, this is not the end. Curling season may effectively be over, but this is not the end of the Extraction Podcast. We got a lot of content to bring you. We got interviews the rest of the year. This is not going to be the end, people. I promise you. But as we bring in, or I bring in Jerry, you know, in full disclosure, Jerry, you and I actually recorded a podcast last Friday. Um, Things were so fluid. Things were moving so fast. Obviously, as it relates to the uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 uh, the ongoing, you know, pandemic that's uh, crippling not just you know Europe, but now headed west and crippling the United States and you know Canada, every single, pretty much almost every country around the world. But uh, it, it happened so fast and was moving so uh, rapidly on Friday that you and I we never able were able to get it up because. Uh, it just it just was going too fast and had some other interviews planned, couldn't get them in. And you know what? I think it all worked out for the best, Jerry, because as the smoke has cleared a little bit, at least in the curling world, we're able to kind of collect, catch a collective breath here uh, with everything that's transpiring. But how are you, friend? Welcome in. Doing well. It's uh, interesting times we live in these days. It's now a week later, and uh, a week ago tonight, uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, yeah. and then the world shut down. <laughs> In the sports terms, it really seems like that the Rudy Gobert test, the positive test for the coronavirus, was the one that really changed the game because coaches, players saw, oh, crap, this is coming to an arena, a playing field, a a locker room, whatever you want to term it, near us. And that was real. really the one of the ones that said, yep, this thing is real and no joke. And obviously since then, we've had other NBA players test positive. Uh, we find out today as you and I record here on Wednesday evening, uh, March the 18th, that a player at the uh, U.S. Curling Club Nationals tested positive. And our guest this week, who, who you'll hear in the very next segment, Aaron Johnston, from the uh, the winning men's team 
uh, from U.S. Curling Club Nationals, Aaron Johnston from the uh, Denver Curling Club. Talked with him, and he brought – it was really – we talked about, obviously, their win, uh, but a lot about, you know, his thoughts, you know, upon finding out today uh, that somebody had tested positive, but really – how what it was like to be in the middle of that event with everything going on in the world in the in the country and them you know kind of keeping their heads down to a degree but them also not knowing and them being the players all the players you know at club nationals on how it was going to transpire if they were going to continue to play when they were half done with round robin at the same time seeing you know uh, women's worlds being canceled that very day uh, and other things that were going on with cancellations, just, you know, a litany of cancellations across the sports spectrum, Jerry. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be some naysayers out there wondering why they didn't uh, cancel uh, club nationals. But at the same time, you know, everybody was already there. You know, the idea is, is that you're a small group of people. You protect yourselves and at the same time you protect the whole field. Yep. But, uh, you know, because everybody is going to be at risk going home anyways. Yeah. Getting onto airplanes and, and all that stuff, too. So, you know, that, it's sort of the same uh, maybe discussion point when you talk about the uh, women's worlds in uh, Prince George. Yep. And how that was canceled. Everybody was on site already. You know, I, I was a little bit surprised that they canceled it and just didn't go to a situation where you just said nobody's in the seats. Yeah. And everybody is going to kind of be under under self-quarantine as a as a crew, as like the TV guys, the teams would be insular and they take precautions and stuff. But I think it became quite obvious how serious things are. And, yep. you know, you look into Europe right now and it is bad. Yeah. Uh, Italy, for example, is is in a position where I think today I was looking at it, something like almost 500 people died today. Yeah. Just today. Yeah. And uh, over 4,000 new cases in Italy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's just the numbers are staggering and what it's doing to the healthcare system there is scary. You know, the idea here is obviously is to bring the podcast to our curling fans, curling listeners, aficionados, um, you know, everybody that listens to us, um, you know, but it is, you know, to take that entertainment step away and kind of just try and decompress a little bit because we are all under a lot of stress, whether you have kids and are trying to homeschool right now, uh, whether you're working in a position where your economic income has been crippled significantly impacted um everybody's feeling the brunt of this in some way shape or form um so we're going to try and you know take away and kind of give a little distraction here for the next 40 50 60 minutes whatever this podcast ends up becoming but you know it is obviously something that we have to talk about to a degree as it relates to our sport because you know, Jerry's. We talk. You know, you mentioned women's worlds last week. It was such a fluid. I mean, so fluid by, by the hour, by the minute, really. I mean, starting what Wednesday? I guess it was what Tuesday. Was it Wednesday night where it became really so fluid? Things were changing. Literally, players being pulled off the court right before a tip off an NBA game. We thought we would hear something on women's worlds. Uh, you know, by lunchtime. Thursday, but then it what became or by Thursday evening, then it got into what Friday, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think we assumed Women's Worlds was going to run. Right. I mean, it, but we, it was one of the first. It was part of that absolute first wave of uh, of events. You know, you, that started to cancel. So. But it was also one that was right at the forefront that was about to be played that was kind of still hanging out there, and we didn't know uh, because yeah. in 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 the obvious, you know, the 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 tough part about that one was all the teams had pretty much just gotten there. I mean, if, if there was a team that wasn't there by Thursday, they were arriving that, that day. And, um, certainly yeah, it's something, you know, that was a case we, we had discussions about it and, sure. uh, you know, that Thursday night, they hadn't made any cancellations or anything yet. But I, at that point, I think between the two of us, we had decided we were not going to be attending. Right. And, uh, I ended up canceling my flights on Friday morning before the whole thing was even called off. Yep. You know, the issue was, is that, you know, for us, we cover, you know, several of the teams on social media and, uh, you know, when we go up there, we're kind of interacting with teams and it's be harder for those teams to kind of create their own bubble. So, you know, we had kind of put together a plan to pull stuff from fans and family and even fifth players to, to, you know, to allow the teams a little bit more opportunity to just be, you know, to insulate themselves. So, uh, but then, yeah, it wasn't long after that they pulled the plug on the whole thing. Yeah, so. and as you and I talked and kind of peel the you know the transparency layer back, like you just alluded to, I mean, you and I had some a long call. Uh, what Thursday night, uh, Friday, what Thursday night, really? I guess it was. And, yeah, it was Thursday night. Yeah. You know the yeah, I kept saying it was just about minimizing risk. You know, it was about yeah. mi- minimizing the risk that. Not just we would take traveling there to try and pull it off, but also being around the teams, exposure. But there, it was just fraught with. I don't know. I don't want to make you know light of it, but pothole. I mean, there were, there were just there was just too much risk involved. And obviously, uh, I, I think I think it was the right call. I think, unfortunately, for you know certainly here in the U.S., Tab Peterson and Becca and Tara and Eileen Geving, Pete Fenson, uh, Natalie Nicholson, their fifth Allison Pottinger, everybody that had already gotten there uh, that were ready to represent Team USA uh, in all the other countries, Eve Muirhead, um, you know, Anna Hasselborg, everybody that was there. It was a tough situation to have basically a dream ripped away right it from your fingertips when you were about to take the ice just days away i you know saw photos on twitter they i mean they had the ice obviously fully ready for practices but you know they were in there the next day inviting teams hey do you want to come and throw some rocks you know i think it was kind of an off-the-cuff invitation that uh, was extended by some of the volunteers and ice makers but this was a tough situation to see and have dreams crushed right when you're on the precipice of getting to embark on, you know, the attempt to win a world championship. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's got to hurt. You know, you're looking at uh, players who, you know, that's just sort of their dream, right, is yeah. to get to that point and And they're there and, you know, I'm sure they felt the uncertainty for much of the uh, – you know, the lead up to worlds, right. You know, all of a sudden, Hey, this is going on. Are we sure? Are we sure Then you board a plane and you're getting closer? And now, Hey, if we've come this far, we're probably going to be a go. And right. Yeah. And I, yeah, I imagine it was a difficult time for, uh, for, for many of these teams. So, you know, and obviously in the days since then, um, you know, really a week ago today, I mean, the world, 
I mean, the, literally the world has changed, at least our world especially has changed, but I think the entire world to, to a larger degree has changed. But as, you know, we talk on, in the curling world, you know, Saturday came word I'm sitting at my kid's soccer game, which will be the last soccer for a long time. You know, that men's world was canceled, uh, sitting by the soccer field for two hours. Um, that was done. You know, we find out what uh, Friday, even just right before that, you know, that the Grand Slam, uh, you know, everything was postponed. Well, I guess it was, what, early this week. Everything was 100% canceled. Well, I guess it was last week. Uh, but now, you know, obviously today, you know, things continue to move. We find out today, um, you know, that the Penty's Cup was awarded. Uh, they just went ahead and made that official. But also, as it relates to the Grand Slam of curling, you know, that the teams all that had made the uh, Champions Cup that was scheduled to be played in Olds, Alberta, coming up at the very end of April into early May, you know, the Grand Slam and uh, Sportsnet announces today that those invitations are going to be kept, and so those teams will be back to be able to play next year. Uh, honestly, that was some of the first bit of good news, if I call any good news, and right now it's hard to find a lot of good news, Jerry, and I'm not trying to, you know, to, to nitpick and cherry pick, but Right now, when everybody's even just looking for either an answer, assurance, or just something good to hang on to, you know, when it comes to anything right now with, with life, you know, that was good at least for the sport itself, um, you know, to have see that announcement that those invitations are going to be kept, which obviously impacts John Schuster and Team Peterson winning, uh, you know, U.S. Nationals to be able to go play again at a slam next year. Yeah, I think that's huge for Schuster. Peterson, they'd be uh, they'd get an invite anyways, just because of where they rank and everything. So everything's good there. But uh, but yeah, looking at uh, Schuster's team, I know they're down the rankings a bit, and not being able to compete at the men's worlds actually hurts their ranking because you know they'd have you know they're a contender to go out and earn a medal in Glasgow this year and. Uh, you know that that brings a nice chunk of points along. So uh, good for those guys to to stay in that mix too. Yeah, some other postponements when it comes to the you know USCA uh, National uh, Collegiate Championships postponed, which were scheduled for last weekend in Fargo, uh, as well as the under eighteen nationals uh, set for uh, this week uh, in Wisconsin. So obviously those are everything is postponed when it comes to the uh, the curling calendar. Um, here at home uh, in the World Curling Tour, Grand Slam, Worlds, and everything. You know, I know it's a little premature, Jerry, and, you know, nobody knows. I mean, we don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, this is going to linger for a long time. I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist. But this is going to linger for a while. But I think the yeah, expectation – Yeah, we're yeah. – sorry, uh, Price. I was just going to say, uh, you know, Major League Baseball calls it off for eight weeks. I think you're probably looking at a – six to eight week minimum at this point which means kids out of school all that stuff too and uh you know everything is still just ramping up right now we've got uh definitely in for a bit of the long haul yeah and the hard part too is you know and this is this is hard for you know folks like us you know when it comes to sports that typically in a situation a time of crisis uh uh, a, a time, a 9-11, um, I mean, uh, there are a lot of different things you can choose, whether it be something small, uh, family-related, you know, a death in the family, and I'm not calling that small. 
you know, but in terms of the national scale, you know, versus say a personal scale, you know, sports has always been an outlet, Jerry, for all of us to, you know, escape from what is going on in reality to give us that, whether it be an hour, but usually in most cases, two to three hours to escape reality, to just be able to smile, to enjoy the thrill of competition. And that's something right now that yeah. we're all having to cope with that is just so different than anything else we've experienced. Not only is, in a lot of ways, life shutting down temporarily, and let me just say, we are all going to get through this. We are going to make it through this. But, you know, the things that we're accustomed to, to maybe having that escape, those are not there right now. Like being able to watch a ball game, being able to go to, you know, a curling rink and throw some stones, play in the Super League on a Tuesday night, uh, to watch a Grand Slam that everybody, uh, you know, becomes so accustomed to watching, say, early April, a Players' Championship, uh, a World Championship right now. It's just these are it's such uncharted territory and times for us. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, you're, you're looking at uh, there's – it's kind of surreal what we're living through right now. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, one of the things, there's a few different projects going on out there. One of them, uh, John Cullen did his uh, conversation with Nolan Deason tonight, uh, where they watched the Briar uh, final and they talked about it. Uh, really cool analysis and, and everything going on there. I believe you can go watch the replay on Twitch. Uh, one other thing that we're working on right now, too, is uh, a little bit of uh, competitive curling on uh, playcurling.com. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, you know, people are looking, everybody right now, I, look, you said it and you alluded to it, everybody's looking for curling in some shape or form, right? I mean, everybody wants to have, uh, the season's not over. We're accustomed to this. Yeah, the distraction. Con- yeah. yeah, exactly, and 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 again, I, I just want everybody to know right now. I, I I'm not blowing past, you know, the the stark reality that we're in. I we you and I I everybody uh, clearly get it. Understand? Well, it's a mix. It's a mix of things, right? You know, like it's at this time right now. The biggest thing is, and for people, is they've got to try and keep sane. Sure. Like with every, you know, with sitting around and staying home and. You know, there's going to be difficulties on relationships and, and things like that, too. And, uh, you know, everybody gets out of their routine and there's, you know, you're bored, nothing to do. So you're looking for something to do. And, you know, it's that question, you know, should we still, you know, try and do things like this, entertain and, and uh, you know, create these kind of goofy, you know, things that really aren't helpful necessarily towards solving the problem. But at the same time, you know, it kind of is everybody coming together as a team. Everybody does something a little bit different, too. Right. Yeah, with 100%. And and one thing that has just been amazing to watch is the way – and I was talking to somebody, uh, you know, that I uh, – a good friend um, that works in the digital engagement uh, community here um, in the greater uh, Greenville, South Carolina area. And, you know, just saying, you know, how – are we watching something digitally, community-wise, a digital community? Are we watching something that might be completely changing the way we move forward? He said, we don't know, and we won't know until we get far past this. But right now, it's just fascinating to watch the way people are coming together to keep community 
in a time of crisis, whether it be, you know, workout videos that people are doing as a group, a, a colleague, a, a coworker of mine, you know, with my real job that she said, I've never done a book club in my life, but she's doing a virtual book club through Instagram. Um, you know, different. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and like you just said, you know, as we bring it home to sport, you know, the you know, on curling zone last night, trying to pull the the in successfully did so it, with amazing results. Uh, Matt Dunstone and, and who was it else playing? You know, with, Kyle Doring. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically a virtual. Yeah. Curling. Videos, yeah go yeah, ahead. We, we did a Facebook live. It was about 40 minutes and uh, we were done. It was about 2000 views. And now it sits somewhere around 8500 views uh since that so you know people are looking and they're curious to see what we're doing and did another game earlier this evening with uh greg smith out of newfoundland and labrador and tyler tardy and that was uh that was fun and then later tonight reed carruthers is gonna play uh robbie gordon it's escape it's escape folks it's trying to find something that we can escape to and so we're going to escape right now, Jerry. You're, you're going to be back with me here in a second. But I want to bring Aaron uh, yep. Johnston from the Denver Curling Club. Uh, is He was a part of Elliott Menzel's rink that won the U.S. Uh, uh, Men's Curling Club Nationals. Uh, I talked to Ann Swisshelm. Was hoping to have Annie on tonight with us. She said, uh, my voice is still recovering and uh, not feeling the best. So I think we'll save Annie for next week because, again, as I told you, this is not the end. Curling season may be at the end officially, not by our choice, but we will bring you some more episodes this season. Is we still got a spring to finish out, Jerry. We got more to talk about. There's obviously going to be some changes. We don't know what's going to happen with Worlds. Might it be played in the fall? Still a lot of unanswered questions, but I still want to talk about a lot more things as we continue through the rest of the year. You're going to continue with me here in the final segment, but coming up next, Aaron Johnson from the Denver Curling Club who was in Washington, D.C. this past weekend, and they left victorious as the men's champions of U.S. Curling Club Nationals. Jerry and I will be right back here on the Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. All right, continuing on the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, Price Atkinson, now joined by our guest, Aaron Johnson, from the Denver Curling Club uh, out of Wisconsin, though, uh, native and attended and graduated from Marquette University, now uh, curling out of uh, the Rocky Mountain area and the Denver Curling Club is, uh, Aaron, your team, uh, Team Colorado, and uh, everybody on your uh, rink wins the U.S. Club National Championship on the men's side. Um, I know it was a thrilling week there uh, outside of Washington, D.C., uh, but your team, uh, your, yourself, um, was it Sean Franey? Uh, uh, help me out. Elliot Mansell and your skip, who's or not your skip, but uh, is it Cannon Cabrera, this guy maybe who had the best mustache in the field, right? Did I get them all right? Correct, yeah. that was That's our team. Uh, Cam, Cameron Cabrera through Leadstones. Yep. Sean Franey, who's been to club nationals before, uh, threw second for us. Yep. I threw uh, third, 
and Vice all week, and then uh, Elliot Menzel was our skip. So, yeah, we had a fantastic time, and uh, we're super thrilled that the week worked out the way it did. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, it worked out perfectly uh, for Team Colorado and you guys out of the Denver Curling Club to to not miss a beat. You went nine and zero in the round robin, and then uh, pushed through the playoffs and and uh, you know get get obviously uh, the win and, and bringing home the championship. And you know I know that was uh, you and I were chatting earlier as you guys defeated uh, Bob Leclerc's Arizona rink out of the Coyotes Curling Club in, in the final seven to three, but. You know that this, uh, you know, you're veteran of, of some national championships, but as you mentioned earlier, uh, us talking before we recorded, uh, this was one of the goals, um, you know, that you guys had set as obviously as a team going in is to uh, to make club nationals and obviously make as much noise as you could. Mission accomplished, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely uh, planned this out. We made the goal early. Um, played some really great teams in our playdown to get there, and then um, just to make sure we. We were successful or had a great time. We we did a few shakedown bomb steals beforehand. We played in Wausau, Men, Wisconsin uh-huh. about a month before. And then, um, yeah, went into the tournament with high hopes and ended up exceeding our expectations of bringing it home. Yeah, you guys brought it home and uh, really weren't pushed a lot. I think you were pushed by Mark Wilmert's uh, rink out of Minnesota, eight seven in the in the first game of, of the round robin. Then I think it was all the way until what maybe the the very end of round robin and then the semis that you won. What uh, I think it was five four in the semis, but I mean, it really was on cruise control after uh, you bookend it with a couple close games to begin and end round robin and then the semis. But man, outside the round robin, it was you guys were you were cruising all week. I mean, something obviously was clicking in every sense of the word for you all as a team. Yeah, yeah, you know we were we were playing well, um, we were staying healthy the whole time, which is great, and um, everybody was making their shots. So. We we were even fortunate enough to have uh, Elliot's dad, who's a very um, longtime curler. Uh-huh. Um, he's from he's from Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, he flew down from Calgary and was with us the entire week. So he cheered us on. Um, him and his mom, uh, both Elliot's parents were there, and they had some great insight. Um, we didn't have a formal coach the entire week, but definitely Elliot's dad um, after every game there to kind of give us a debrief of what he saw kind of kept us grounded um, mm-hmm. and didn't get us too excited or didn't help us uh, or helped us kind of maintain our composure and kind of reflect after every game so that was a huge help too, just having Elliot's dad um, there as well to kind of help us through the week. Yeah, as we continue with Aaron Johnson from uh, Team Colorado and you know, Elliot Mansell's rink from uh, the Denver Curling Club, the winners of the U.S. Uh, Club Nationals on the men's side, and um, you know, you, like I mentioned earlier, Aaron, you a veteran. You, we met back in ninety or in two thousand seventeen in Everett uh, when you were uh, competing with Daryl Sobering's rink at uh, U.S. Uh, men's Nationals in Everett, but you. You know, you you you're starting to rack up some national appearances. You were in uh, what mix uh, nationals last year uh, with Team Colorado, obviously in club nationals this year. How do they all compare to each other? And I'm sh- I'm sure probably from that 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 first uh, men's nationals you played in in, in 17. You know, the, 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 there's a stark contrast pretty much between uh, most all the events. Yeah, it's interesting, kind of how they differ and mm-hmm. how they compare. Um, this one really stuck out. Um, the club event, uh, club nationals really stuck out as a great Mm -hmm. event for camaraderie. I mean, we had a really great time hanging out with every single team 
yeah. that we played with um, after the game. We would sit down, have a drink with them, just talk about how the game went, how the week was going. I mean, all these teams came from all over the country. Every single region was represented. So um, that was the first for me to be able to um, play at that level and then still, you know, have that camaraderie. Um, it was definitely there for mixed, and it's a different dynamic um, for the mixed events as well. Um, last year that we participated in, mm-hmm. it was still a really great event. Um, and then also, yeah, playing at that national event um, in Everett 2017, then um, that was definitely a whole other animal as well, where you show up, we're at a stadium um, mm-hmm. in a hockey arena playing. Um, you don't get to sit down with teams after every event, but we still try to, you know, stick with the mm-hmm. the root of the sport, hand up those pins, um, exchange conversations after every game with the team, and just reflect and have that camaraderie. Yeah, and the thing with, uh, you know, mixed nationals and also, you know, obviously most recently club nationals, um, you know, over the weekend, you know, it's, it's the chance to, re- and, and it's not so much with men's nationals, but the chance to represent your, you know, your state, you know, you're representing uh, all of Colorado and, you know, when, Correct, when, yeah. When that's that's a, there's there's a there's certainly a, a prideful kind of element that is a little bit different than when you go to say maybe a men's nationals, but when you go to club or mix, you know, you've got that CO on your back or you know, the in y'all's case, you know, the state flag in Colorado on those dynasty uh you know, curling jackets I saw the pictures of you guys in. Yeah, definitely. And um it was you know, a lot of these teams we've played before at our home club or we've met at other bonds fields, they're uh, definitely club teams. So it's, it's fun seeing these guys again. And then um, also playing and winning this tournament. It wasn't just a, a win for team Menzel or mm-hmm. myself or Elliot or Sean. It was, it's a club, very much a club win. I mean, this is a huge win for Colorado because of our ice and our leagues and <clears throat> just the way this club is run. It's, it's really great to see that um, our club was able to get out there and, say that yeah we can compete with the midwest or we mm-hmm. can compete with uh, those um clubs that are 100 years old um so it was definitely really fun to see and uh definitely a club win for everybody here in colorado yeah there's a lot of great things happening with the denver curling club I, you know i spent some time with rebecca clark at uh at the briar just uh what just a couple weeks ago and you know she's uh one of y'all's obviously biggest cheerleaders but you know hosting the uh the mixed doubles event um you know that you guys hosted earlier in the season um and just, like you mentioned i mean the the chance to go out and represent and not just represent but but to win and you know the denver curling club i, I understand there's been a lot of great growth out there i, I can't wait to come visit for the first time because i've heard it's a you know fantastic facility but there's a lot of positive a lot of great things happening uh in denver with uh with your club uh, specifically yeah yeah and we're building a second club up in uh lafayette which is kind of on the north side of denver mm-hmm. um so it's yeah the growth is exponential here and throughout the whole country um sean's originally from san francisco and they're building a club out there and even while we were at club nationals, he's still coordinating um, the development of that club Wow! all the way on the West coast. So, I mean, you have a lot of the, it, a lot of teams from this side of the country that were really competitive at the, at the national event. When you see Arizona and Colorado in the finals and um, see how else Washington did, mm-hmm. um, they played very well all week, and um, yeah, it's it, it's just really 
it's exciting to see because I'm I'm originally from the Midwest in Wisconsin, and I grew up in that area where curling is king, and you can drive 20 minutes to get to another club. But out here, it's it's not as it's not as easy, but it's it's definitely growing and it's definitely making strides in the right direction. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you look at the final four. You talk about the West: Arizona, Colorado, New Jersey, and you know, what Washington State. I mean, those were the final four teams uh, at club nationals. So certainly, it had a incredibly strong left coast flavor. But you know, it's, I, I wanted to ask you, Aaron, because I'm sure it was probably a uh, a, a nerve a nervous weekend uh, for for you and a lot of folks that, that were there because you know, with this certainly the coronavirus scare and um, I don't want to say scare, but the epidemic that you know is now ongoing around the country. Um, you guys were kind of in the midst of the event. And then today, you know, we see and get news that out of USA curling, uh, that there was a positive test that somebody that competed, uh, there at nationals with you guys, uh, tested positive, I guess really kind of your immediate reaction upon finding out and, and seeing that news. Yeah, and it was, it was definitely on our mind the whole week. Uh, we were there. I mean, when we landed and mm-hmm. started the tournament, it was still, um, very much developing um we didn't really have a good sense of how it would be impacting everybody Mm -hmm. still and everything was still business as usual throughout the whole country and by wednesday i believe halfway through the tournament round robin was already halfway done yeah that's when clubs started shutting down we started hearing about the ca events being canceled Mm -hmm. and it was on our mind we were thinking well is this event going to be canceled halfway through or are they going to let us finish and Fortunately, I think it was great that they let us finish. I mean, we were already most of the way through the tournament. Um, we've already played each other, interacted quite a bit. So mm-hmm. um, it was kind of the point where anybody did have it, we were probably going to get it or we're, we're not going to get it. Maybe we're all self-isolating together. But, yeah, when we heard the news today that somebody had it, um, yeah, it was. I mean, we've been taking the precautions. I know as a team, everybody here, who played both on the men's and the women's side mm-hmm. has been self quarantining and working from home and um, just taking all those steps that our leaders have kind of instructed us to take. Um, so um, fortunately, I, it hopefully won't be that big of a big of a deal, but um, it's, it's good to see that the USCA is communicating and letting people know um, what's going on yeah. as new, new, uh, stories developed did they encourage you guys to go get tested after you know being there and you know being you know and you know probably what's close proximity uh, i mean yeah. again, we're not going to say any names because i don't know a name and i don't you know that's not that's not here but you know in, in terms of did they try and encourage you guys to be proactive after being potentially being you know close around somebody that did test positive have they said hey look it's probably a good idea if you guys go get tested have they given you any kind of guidance like that um, not besides the letter that they just sent out. Uh-huh. Um, we did, uh, so <laughs> my fiance was also there competing uh-huh. on the women's side. So she, uh, today she reached out to her doctor, mentioned that she'd been around people that had been exposed and mm-hmm. tried to go through the proper procedures of getting tested. And here in Colorado, anyway, they're not, they're not testing anybody unless you're experiencing the symptoms and unless you're, uh, Yep. You need to go to the ER. So they're they're kind of triaging everybody right now at the moment for for test for testing to take place. Yep. Um, but uh, her doctor's recommendations were just to you know stay home, uh, self quarantine, just basically everything we've been hearing 
from our leaders. So that's what we'll do. And, um, I think that'll, yeah, that should hopefully suffice. Yeah, absolutely. And keep our fingers crossed for, for everybody there. And that was a part of the event. And, you know, I, I'm guessing probably going home, whether you guys got home on Sunday or, or Monday, I'm guessing, you know, with a lot of the, you know, the fluidness and, you know, how rapid things were changing, uh, you guys were in mid-event in trying to keep up with everything, but I, I'm, I'm guessing there was probably a lot of apprehension uh, on y'all's part headed back Sunday, Monday, you know, after the event was over when you see, you know, airplanes a little bit less crowded and airports, you know, not quite as busy maybe as they were before. Yeah, definitely. The Yeah, all the planes we were on both going there and coming back were pretty empty i mean mm -hmm. full rows to ourselves which i mean made us feel a little bit better not being jammed in, into a plane with a ton of other people but um yeah i, I know like elliot's parents came down from canada and calgary um they had tr trouble getting back it um fortunately they just made it back to canada right before trudeau uh shut down the border yeah. so um yeah it it did kind of affect things, but we all made it back. And um, as far as I know, I think everybody else did from club nationals as well. Well, man, Aaron, it's uh, been great having you, but I guess let's end on a, a positive note. Um, you know, the fact you guys can call yourselves a, a national champion and, uh, you know, take that pride uh, back to the Denver Curling Club, which you guys have done. Uh, I'm sure the feeling was, was pretty outstanding and something you can, you know, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, you know, we, we are all going to get through this. It may take a little bit more time than we are under the impression right now. It could be a little bit longer, but, you know, we are all going to get through this. But, you know, as far as what you guys did, this is something, no matter what's going on right now, that you can take a little piece of and just sit back and, and smile and enjoy an incredible accomplishment because it was a, a season of hard work for you guys. Yeah, it was a, it was an incredible week. And, um, we're happy we got to participate and hopefully a lot of the other teams that worked really hard to qualify for mixed nationals this year and all the other events um hopefully they get uh, postponed and they get rescheduled um so those other teams that worked very hard as well can get a chance to compete too well, Aaron, man, uh, just appreciate the time. Congratulations to you guys again. And, uh, you know, certainly our fingers crossed and with, with you and everybody that, that was at uh, Club Nationals that uh, everybody stays healthy and uh, uh, well moving forward. But congratulations and thanks for the time this week, Aaron. All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. Once again, Aaron Johnson, a member of Team Colorado and that Elliott Mansell rink that wins U.S. Club Nationals on the men's side. And, Really fascinating. Uh, I was fascinated. Um, the news, obviously, we found found out uh, today, being Wednesday, about the positive coronavirus test of, of, of somebody that was there competing. Uh, but what I was fascinated with uh, when I talked to Aaron even before that yesterday and trying to get the schedule was, you know, just the fluid nature of what was happening and transpiring last week while they were in the middle of competing uh, in club nationals and so I just you know his what he was able to share and what they were thinking about and going through you know at the time that was just moving so rapidly and so fast I thought was 
just incredible uh, perspective that I thought uh, everybody would be interested in hearing about. So I really appreciate Aaron for coming on and sharing that. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, the biggest and the brightest news about it is their national championship. So congratulations to his entire rank for winning uh, the U.S. Club Nationals on the men's side. All right, we'll take a step back. When we come back, we got a lot more for you right here on the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. We'll be right back. segment here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the Dortmund Sports Network. Bryce Atkinson joined by Jerry Gertz, who will be joining me the rest of the season. As I mentioned uh, before that interview with Aaron Johnson, appreciate him joining this week. It was awesome to have him on and really great perspective on what it was like and the surreal, the surrealness and the fluidity of what was transpiring. And also, you know, what he thought is uh, somebody, as USA Curling announced uh, today, Jerry, um, today as we record on Wednesday evening, this will be out Thursday morning, but, you know, that there was a player that tested positive for the coronavirus there. And, you know, I read, you know, through the weekend about how the, you know, the Potomac Curling Club was saying this. And again, I'm, this is not pointing fingers 100% whatsoever. This is simply just... They were doing everything they could, but there's just so many things that are out of your control, and that's what this virus outbreak and spread is really all about. You, a lot of people don't even know if you got it. You know, Kevin Durant tested positive, you know, from the NBA. He had no clue that he would even have it, and I'm not sure if it, I guess it was they were all tested or there was just select players tested. He wasn't even feel, feeling ill. Nobody know if you don't feel ill, you still might be a carrier of this, and so that was really. I, I one one thing I would just say real quick though is certainly applauding the transparency of USA Curling to put that out pretty much immediately as soon as they found out uh, earlier today, Jerry. Yeah, it's you know it's I think it's part of life right now as to how this thing spreads and everything too. It's not a shame that you get it. It's you know you see people from all walks of life have gotten it so far. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting the next uh, few months to see where we are come June first, for example. All right, uh, congratulations to uh, as mentioned, uh, you know, Aaron Johnson from the Denver Curling Club. Uh, they win the uh, men's club nationals. But how about Annie Swissholm, Jerry? Uh, you know, Elizabeth Demers, Demers on the uh, women's side. Uh, Michigan wins uh, the women's club nationals. Hope to have Annie next week. Hope she's feeling better especially if she's listening. Um, but really excited. And Jenny to talk. Levy, part of that team as well. And I am drawing a blank on the fourth player. Yeah. I, I didn't have it all in front of me, but uh, congratulations to both yeah. those teams there. Um, really, well, of course, really... Schultz, you know, the, the final matchup was pretty interesting too. Yeah. Schultz, uh, skipping her Alaska team, taking on Annie and her Detroit team. You know, a couple players who participated in the 2014 Olympic Games. Yep. And, you know, now they're down playing uh, playing at Club Nationals, uh, you know, sort of moved on from the game. and But they're still participating in the in the sport at the uh, at the recreational level. And it's it's really great to see that. And, uh, you know, and then bringing players along and sharing in that experience at the same time, too. All right, a uh, bomb was dropped when it comes to uh, team changes, and we're starting to see team, team changes a little bit earlier than I think we normally would. I mean, usually around the world championship time, 
Uh, things are starting to move a little bit. Conversations are clearly being had. But I think yeah, you wouldn't see you wouldn't see as many men's teams changes yet. Uh, the women, uh, you know, the world. This is time when all this stuff would start to flow. But uh, but yeah, as the season's cut off, we're definitely uh, you know done seeing the stuff. And yeah, it's maybe a bit of a surprise to start. Yeah, major. I mean, really, and not just small changes. I think the biggest thing that's catching a lot of this attention grabbing, and there's no way to get around it, Jerry, is that this is. You usually see teams in in traditionally that make their change, and you know if they if they've got a change, it might be you know three years out from Olympics. But you know, being mid cycle of a quadrennial, like literally what eighteen months, you're seeing major changes. I mean, you see a major change with Lisa Weagle being pushed out of Team Holman. I mean, Chelsea Carey's team, who was Team Canada before uh, the World Championships last year, they basically are they're done. Uh, but the big bomb that we had in the U.S. was on Friday night when Jamie Sinclair, you know, she comes out and announces that, uh, you know, she's no longer uh, the skip of her own team, that they are moving on without her. That, at least here at home, was surprising, especially – Number one, obviously, uh, the way that one, you know, nobody saw coming. But traditionally, the way the U.S., you know, handles this stuff is the high-performance program where, where there's no high-performance director right now. There will be. Uh, but those changes are typically all announced collectively and officially uh, in late April, early May with what are the new designated HP teams. Yeah, and that's why you really haven't seen any comment other than Jamie's own post uh, that's that's come out of this. I think uh, you know the team has uh, made a decision internally that they no longer wanted to to play with Jamie um, for whatever reasons. You know what? Personality conflicts sometimes happen. Yep. You know, it's life. It's part of uh, it's part of the game. It's part of trying to find the right fit and uh, find a lineup that works and. You know, I, I I think they would probably agree that it hasn't been the greatest season for them. They've been so close so many times where, uh, you know, they were one game out or a shootout score out of uh, of reaching the playoff round in several events. Yeah. You know, they went and won Red Deer. That was a solid result. But still, you know, I don't think they met the expectations of where they wanted to be as a team. And, right. Uh, you know, sometimes that's when changes are made. And, uh, but the way this typically works, the U S program is, uh, driven by, uh, a team behind the scenes. Phil Drobnik is, uh, in charge right now, but typically what will happen in the process that rolls over the next few months is that, uh, there'll be a lot of discussions had, they'll figure out what the funding dollars are available, and then they'll start to make some decisions on what they would do with teams. There's, uh, there's several young athletes coming and graduating up out of juniors right now. There's some players who played on teams last year that are up for, you know, discussion. You know, you, you know, you kind of look on the women's side and, and you wonder, uh, Maddie Bear's team just didn't quite find their legs this year. They, they really struggled when they got out there, but I know there's a ton of talent on that team. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, what do you do with that group? You know, so there's going to be a lot of discussions behind the scenes on on trying to mix and match, see if any changes need to be made anywhere. You know, obviously another decision will be what happens with uh, Nina and, and Tab's team. 
you know, you've got Nina who's been away this year for, you know, essentially on maternity leave. And you've got Tabitha taking over and, and grabbing the reins and looking like she's been doing it her whole life. Yeah. So a lot of tough decisions to be made there too as to what they need to do. And, and, and of course, this is where the players and, and what they have in mind at the same time too are, is very important. Yeah. You know, who wants to play with who? How do you mix and match teams together? What's the best personalities? And and you build that connection and that trust uh, amongst each other. So there's always a little give and take. You know, you look at teams that are put together. You look at, you know, Schuster's team, uh, Ruinen's team. These are two teams that were, you know, had success, wanted to stay together. And, you know, it was decided that, you know what, that is probably the best decision. Yeah, you know, this is this is a good team, and let's try and develop and grow and build those teams from those positions too. Yeah. So, so right. lots of moving parts. Yeah. If you were to look at it, it, Jamie, now a lot of people have asked. I've seen it percolated on social media. You know, what is Jamie's next move? I mean, do you see her staying? I mean, and again, we're gonna we'll, let's just speculate here for a second because I don't have it right in front of me, but I think that the the rule would be what two years. Um, I think that would probably be right after what the Olympics, the Olympics, the next Olympics. So she would just miss if she wanted to go back to Canada. But would you see her going back? Would you see her staying here? I mean, what do you well, see I in don't the think, future? You know what? I don't really think. I don't think that's a, even a real non-starter for Jamie right now. To be honest, like you look at where she would rank and the. Uh, you know, on the Canadian side of things, you know, she's quite a ways down the list. Now, you know, she's she's probably going to have to try and roll into a lineup somewhere where she's not a skip. And, you know, there aren't a lot of openings right now at the same time, too. Most of them all seem to pretty much fill up. So, you know, and the fact that she'd have to be released and then allowed to, you know, play down. So, yeah, I don't foresee her going back to Canada at all. You know, I think I think the challenge with Jamie a little bit has just been trying to find that that uh, right mix. Like I, I think when we look back and and kind of you know sit back and look at uh, arrangements and stuff, you know, I, I don't think Alex Carlson gets the due she deserves in the game. Yeah. You know, she's you know she was uh, you know. Prior to the changes in the HP program, she yep. was the last uh, junior athlete to win a medal in quite some time. Yep. Winning a bronze medal, and I believe it was in 2010 or 2011 World Juniors. And, you know, she was part of that team, with Jamie's team. She, you know, she was, a, uh, she was on the outside with the combine for a long time. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't necessarily see her as anything but a, a back ender. Yep. So that sort of cornered her a little bit, but uh, when her and Jamie played together, I think you kind of we realized that it was an amazing fit. Yeah. And uh, you know that's the kind of player that Jamie I think needs and would help support her and and bring out the best in her too. And I really think that's what Alex did in those years, and it really helped a lot too. Yeah, and a lot of people talked about that on tour that how valuable Alex was, that how that she was that backbone and. I'm not going to paint a a similar scenario, but you know, it just the the here and now just brings it to me in like a Joe Polo situation with a uh, Corey Dropkin. You know, somebody that had a little bit of ex- you know 
that had experience, you know, that helped. They meshed well, you know, like an Alex and Jamie, but but a Joe and, and Corey. And you saw the results yeah. on the ice, and that's really a, a, a very small snapshot when talking about the Young Bucks and Joe Polo with, with, with Corey Dropkin, you know, because Alex and Jamie curled, uh, they played together for a while. And so there was a lot of trust there. They had they had been through a lot of the, the, the hard moments together. Um, and so I, I don't want to paint that comparison as, as being, you know, completely apples to apples. But um, I 100% agree with you. You know, as we move forward, there's going to be more team changes. There are probably going to be some more surprises, uh, of which we don't know right now. Um, but it, I just want to look back again real quick because you and I talked about on the, that recorded se- the recorded podcast that we never got out. You know, just real quickly, uh, going back to the Briar before to let you go, Jerry, because uh, fantasy baseball, you got uh, fantasy, you got curling. We got curling coming up on Curling Zone. And real quick, shout out to NBC Sportsnet who was airing um, uh, Curling Night in America, a marathon last night. It was nice to be able to pop on the tube and look for something and, you know, f- not find like college football reruns or some, you know, NFL crap uh, with free agency talk. It was awesome to see that. And I know TSN. Uh, and even Sportsnet, uh, going back to last week, has been running some reruns, right, Jerry, of some slams and uh, you know some world championship programming. Yeah, we're seeing uh, you know there'll be lots of curling to to watch. You can uh, you know catch all kinds of replays on YouTube if you're looking to to you know get your fix. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have to figure out what to do for the next little while. All right, uh, real quickly though the uh, the Briar. It was my first time. What that was, you know, when you go to the pinnacle and you get to uh, taste the pinnacle. And I know the Olympics is the pinnacle in terms of, you know, winning and losing and in, in gold medals. But when it comes to a year by year basis, the Briar is it. And you know, from my standpoint, getting to to go for the very first time, holy cow! I'm partial to the Scotties, and I've told a bunch of people this. Uh, there's a lot about the the women's game that I enjoy more than the men's game, but when it comes to the sh- the the atmosphere, the electricity inside, the patch across the street over in Kingston here in this case, there is an electricity and intensity. There is something about the Briar, and and uh, Chelsea Carey told me we were talking the other day. She said, "Look, you know, I'll go to Briar." any day of the week. But if it's a Scotty's, I'm, you know, and I'm not playing in it, I'm not going. But her point to it was when I, when I brought it up, it was like, holy cow, Chelsea, this was awesome. The Super Bowl of curling, I, I'm hooked. And she goes, yeah, Price, there's a reason why I'll go to a Briar any day of the week, no matter where it is, because it's a fabulous time. You can't find anything like it. And you really can't. It's it is the pinnacle of the sport. And boy, getting to yeah. taste it, Jerry, it was awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really cool experience. It's not necessarily all the best teams playing under one roof. Sure, but it's more than that. It's what's on the line. It's the it's the prestige. It's the history of it. It goes back to 1927, I believe, is when the first one ran. So you know, there's a long history of of that. It's what. Uh, it's what kids played for. It's what they grew up thinking about playing for in the eighties and nineties and, and well before that, you know, the grand slams have changed things a little bit, but the Briar is still number one in the minds of, uh, of the players. And it, it, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt that it's the biggest cash deal on the, uh, in the world as well. Yep. 
$105,000 Canadian, which is maybe about $42 US. Uh, first prize uh, for that, I think a little closer to like seventy-five, eighty thousand. Yep. Yeah, U.S. But, flavor. Uh, you, yeah, you... it's that's a significant prize uh, for for winning the national title, and that doesn't even count the 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 uh, sport funding that these athletes get when they win too. I think I think the total takeaway is somewhere in the high two hundred thousand dollar range by the time they're uh, done pocketing everything. Yeah, you and I talked about before. Uh, you know the the a little bit increased U.S. flavor. I was there. Uh, not I'm not pointing me out, but like Peach, <laughs> Petrie Curling Club was in the house. I uh, met them. Yeah. You met uh, there were two of them there that I met. Then after I had to leave, uh, you met the other two that came in. Rebecca Clark from the Denver Curling Club was there. A highlight of my yeah. week, not just working with Gunner and, and Dunstone there, which was completely unexpected. Which we'll save that for another podcast, but. Getting Danielle Inglis from Curling Canada taking me over, pulling the dude out of the stands who she did not know who I thought she did, pulling him onto the concourse back up where the uh, uh, over in the club suite that I, I didn't know it was uh, rarefied air we were breathing because just kind of going and walking around, but brings him up and getting to learn how to call the moose, Jerry. Highlight of my week. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was a pretty cool experience, and and seeing how that was, it's a lot of things like that, right? The Briar is is about the whole show, everything around it, everything that's you know the fan experience. People travel from all over the country, and now we're starting to see some more uh, some more people from the United States show up, which is great to see. Tyler George, uh, yep. yeah, was there too, and. Uh, and uh, he had never been to a briar either. It was her, his first trek up. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it was really fun to see Rebecca and her experiences. She came up and uh, was kind of covering the fan experience from her own voice uh, through Curling Zone. So she had the opportunity to go up and do that. And we kind of promoted that idea to her is to go and be a fan and go experience it. And, she kind of clung on to one of the teams there and uh, became a big Botcher fan and uh, supported them to the end. Uh, uh, even got a little bit of TV time there, eh? Yeah, she did, pounding the damn desk at the end of it. But, you know, look, uh, let you go, let you get out of here, Jerry. This has been good. We've covered a lot of ground, and it feels like we've we've hardly been doing this. But um, it, I mean, there's just so much. I mean, there's just so there's so much going on right now. It's just hard to materialize and um, humanize, honestly, in this time that what we're going through. But I appreciate you taking the time with me and joining me tonight, Jerry. As we we had to do a redo, but I guess the biggest thing I'll say is not just you know to promote the podcast, um, which obviously anybody can listen to on Apple Podcast Stitcher. TSN.us. Um, we're going to have more coming the rest of the year. But I guess the biggest message tonight is, look, we're all in this together. Um, and I'm not going to get into the politics or anything like this. And uh, I know you're not either. But the biggest message, right, Jerry, I mean, unless you have to go out, just stay home. The only way we're going to get through this and beat this is – is to yeah. is is to stay in, um, and we are going to get through this, and we're going to get through this a lot quicker uh, if we're not all out and about trying to socialize, trying to go to a beach in Florida, um, trying to go to the movie theater. Uh, look, let's all do our part to try and get past this. And I say our part here in the U.S., but everybody, whether you're in Canada, 
We know what the measures that are being taken in Italy. Look, we know the measures that are being taken here. Borders closing, schools closing. These are drastic steps, and they're being taken in reasons for we need to attack and stop this thing. And the only way we're going to stop the spread of this and minimize the risk on the healthcare system is to stay home unless you have to go out. And I know there are people that are part of the supply chain, whether it be working for Internet companies, whether working for local utilities, whether working for a grocery store, whether it be driving a truck, getting supplies from A to B. There are so many people out there that, are, that have to be out there. But unless you do, the only way we're going to get through this is if you stay put right where you are, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Wash your hands. Stay uh, isolated. Don't go into crowds. Let's uh, everybody do our part here. That's the only way we're going to do it. All right, uh, enough preaching, enough pontificating. We'll let you go, but we can't wait to do this again. We're going to do this next week. We're going to do this next week and continue to provide the curling content that you guys want and banter. Jerry Gertz, who again will be with me the rest of the season, will bring in the Godfather Joe Calabrese again. Uh, we're all homebound, so we got a lot of time on our hands. So for Jerry and uh, myself, Bryce Atkinson, we'll do it again next week. Until then, have stay safe, wash those hands, and stay healthy. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Bryce Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. One thing that spreads farther and faster than COVID is love. Avoid close contact with people who are sick and don't gather in large groups. If you have symptoms, get tested and make sure you stay home as you await your results. Log on to spreadlovenotcovid.info.